0: Good evening citizens my name is ban shattersong captain of the bloody hand mercenary company the lean mean green fighting machine of miaran and today i'd like to talk to you about sarvos another city in the league and uh, well should you keep listening i have a tall tale to share with you all about one of my times there hunting a certain rogue but anyway let's talk about the city itself. Sovos refers to both a territory and a city that sits at the heart of that territory. And this is similar across the League. It was actually founded by highborn colonists and it seceded from that nation during the Civil War and has remained independent ever since. The city itself is a construction on an island just off the coast, like a beacon of light in the water. It sees itself as the cultural centre of the League, and arguably the whole Empire. I'm sure many people will argue against that. It takes its common epithet from the many mirrors found upon the roofs of the city, said to make it sparkle like gems during the day, and that epithet being the City of Mirrors. Folk legend suggests that if the mirrors are shattered, the city will surely fall. And for this reason, some citizens carry a a mirror about their person, an affection that encourages unfair accusations of vanity. Sarvos is as driven as any city in the league, but art is its true passion. They claim to have invented theatre, a ludicrous claim but believable, in a city graced with so many theatre houses. They are certainly the originators of the magician troops that are now commonplace throughout the league, and they are usually the centre of league performance magic. Not just theatre is popular, however, there are rival opera houses whose bitter divisions are every bit as keen as those of the leading theatre troops. Several wealthy merchant princes have endowed their collections of art on the city. There are public galleries where the most beautiful pictures and sculptures can be viewed in exchange for, you know, a ring or two. One of the cheapest things you'll probably find in the city. The land around the Bay of Katazar is lush and fertile, with low floodplains, olive farms and prime grazing lands. By the waters of four rivers, the lazy Kuros that flows along the border of Highgard and Urizen, the flighty socero and do forgive me, League listeners, for slaughtering the pronunciation of your precious rivers, whose capricious nature has drowned many an unwary river captain on its course through to the brass coast, the broad banked Gansio, solid and well defended. And the furious Vasa that flows down through to Sato. The four rivers are central characters in the art and folklore of the city. All the classic literature and theatre includes one, at least in one form or another, within them, whether as a central character or as clowns during the interludes. A popular game between playwrights and critics is to conceal the characters in some way and challenged a critic to locate them. Now recently, Sarvas was the birthplace of Empress Giselle, who held the throne between the years 331 and 346 year of the Empire. Sometimes called the unwise, she was a shameless league patriot who put the needs of her nation above those of the Empire. Unlike the vast majority of emperors and empresses, After her death she was interred in a marble tomb in the Alveti guild estates where she remained until the sack of Sarvos in the year 380. After the Grendel attempted to steal her body and destroyed her tomb there was discussion about where best to reinter her. In the end the senate decided to inter her in a new tomb in Temeshwar. In 348 the city was struck by a terrible tempest that did significant damage to many coastal parts and led to the flooding and eventual sinking of the southern district. Reclaiming the ruined quarter of the city was deemed too expensive by the Senate, a move that some bitter Sarvosians believed to have been intended as a punishment for the League and the city of Sarbos in particular, in the wake of the unpopular Empress's death. In 378, on the 30th anniversary of the destruction, work finally began to regenerate the ruined district thanks to the generous donations and hard work by the citizens of Sarbos itself. Also of note is the establishment of the Asevian Embassy in Sarbos. Senator Miroslav, who is also responsible for the restoration, arranged the establishment of a formal embassy within the Asivian Archipelago in 378, Year of the Empire. Now there are some major features in the territory and not least of all is Sarvos, the city itself. It covers the island of Singol, C-I-G-N-O, and in some places extends into the bay on sturdy pontoons. It is widely said to be one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And when the sun strikes the mid-roofs at sunrise and sunset, the whole island glows like a star. Space is at a premium in Sarbos. Cramped streets flow between soaring towers choked with merchants, tradesmen and students. There are no green spaces in Sarbos. The island is simply too crowded and any parks that might once have existed have been built over in recent centuries. To combat this, the citizens often cultivate roof gardens and window boxes, bringing beautiful and practical plants into their homes. The richest Sarvosian guilds maintain estates on the mainland, allowing the ability to get away from it all when the press of humanity becomes too much. The city is divided into several distinct districts, of which the more famous is probably the dock ward of Karisomere. Fire is a constant worry. While there has never been a significant blaze in Sarbos, many residents have regular nightmares that a major fire could destroy the entire city before it could be dealt with. Although as one Tasartan Wit said, the whole place is so damp it would take a great deal of effort to set fire to even a small tower. It is the site of the Diara University a prominent seat of learning that specialises in researching obscure topics for money. Here can also be found Cappodomus Cathedral, one of the largest religious structures in the empire itself. A towering monument, it's uh, encrusted with precious metals and objects of art. It is most famous for its theatres, opera houses, galleries and conservatories truly is a city where art is held up as the highest aspiration of humanity. Sarvos is also a byword for excellent food and I can personally attest to this. Every bar, street vendor and hostel prides itself on providing its own speciality snack, perhaps a particular way of spicing ham or salting and smoking beef, or an excellent dipping sauce for vegetables. It is said that uh, an epicure can dine out every night of their life in Sarvos, and never eat the same meal twice. It is also home to a great many establishments that serve dishes native to distant nations too, often in settings designed to cleverly evoke the sensation of actually being there. Sarvos is also a highly cosmopolitan city. It is common to hear a half dozen tongues being spoken in the markets and bazaars. Captains from across the known world come here to trade with the Empire. There are docks and quays all around the circumference of the island. And it is also a popular stopping off point for ships that have traveled from the Central Empire before they embark on journeys to more distant lands. Now, a small footnote on Daira University. You might remember from our well, our discovery and exploration of Temeshwa that Lorenzo La or the uh, had quite his na- well had his name to quite a few of the important structures built in Temeshwa. That is the same here. Dira University is one of them, and on top of that, the Blood Red Keys Art Gallery. Beyond that, Lorenzo's Legacy of Pride, the name clearly giving away the original owner. However, there are a few non-Lorenzo, let's call them sites, landmarks if you will, inside the city. Uh, For example, the Lady of Pride, it's a fortification uh, commissioned in the year of 380 and completed shortly afterwards in 381. It's a set of defensive siege works around the town itself should I say city, and once a sudden, what seems to say here, that there was a creation of a place of pilgrimage that was additionally added by the year 383. There was also the Sarani Embassy, and uh, during the spring equinox of 379, the Senate commissioned the construction of an official embassy to the Iron Confederacy. Work was completed shortly before the summer solstice. The building is particularly severe by Sarvosian standards, a uh, circular granite and marble keep surrounded by six stubby towers. Although with a name like the Iron Confederacy, maybe art isn't their strongest suit. Now there are four four or five larger parts of Sarvos, uh, the regions if you will. Uh, Signo itself is where the city stands. Bosch is a coastal area. Farashi is a, a wide plain full of scattered woodlands and the site of many of the country estates that the wealthy Sarvotians will retreat to, like I said, to get away from it all. And then finally, Raposi is a flat and open land with poor chalky soil. It used to be well known for its game actually, uh, wolves and foxes in particular but those have been hunted to near extinction in the last century or so. And finally, Asalini, uh again, another coastal region. It extends to the south and includes a number of small and medium sized islands that cluster along the northern shores of the Bay of Catazar. Many of the islands are uninhabited or the site of private estates or business concerns. The remaining estates here tend to be quite well fortified, as they need to be able to endure the occasional raids by the Grendel, but uh, slip past the uh, freeborn corsairs. The current senator, as might interest those of you with the political inclination, is Niceta Constantata, or Constanata, again, another senator who's going to hate me for a variety of reasons. There is. A key event in history of Sarvas, and as I alluded to earlier that is the sack of Sarvos. Now to give you a brief overview rather than dive into detail, uh, the Grendel invaded the League City and those, uh, those Grendel ships disgorged thousands of the soldiers of the Grumpy shore, these, uh, these Grendel troopers, directly onto the streets of the city. The city totally taken by surprise, and uh, unfortunately any armed resistance was quickly squashed. With the island of Signo conquered, the orcs turned their attention to pillaging one of the richest cities in the Empire, if not the world. For the most part, citizens of the city who did not raise arms against the Grendel were left in reasonable peace. The orcs have publicly declared that anyone who harms one of the invaders will be enslaved and transported to the salt mines. Anyone who so much as lays a hand on one of the Grendel will be immediately executed, and their families enslaved too. Apart from this draconian martial law, the barbarians appear to be leaving the civilian population to its own devices, for the most part, while they concentrated on looting the city's wealth. I'm sure any citizen of Starboss could give you a more in-depth explanation. So maybe when you're on the streets of Anvil, and you see a particularly well-dressed member of the League and I do mean particularly well-dressed as of course art and fashion go hand-in-hand hand. maybe raise a glass of them first before acting directly about the, uh, the sack of Sarvos and I'm sure after uh, a beverage or two they might tell you that woeful tale from a more personal account but until then dear citizens make sure to keep the feather in your hat bright your art well displayed and your, (laughs) well, your Grendel at arm's length.